Well, thanks for listening to I've Got News For You. If you like it, hit follow or subscribe in your app and you'll get a new episode from us every morning. The 17th of March, 2023. Footy's back, folks. Buckley hasn't. He started in some sort of fashion. He's now one of the most sought-after commentators of the game. From news.com.au. I'm Andrew Buckalow and I've got news for you. Well, the AFL season is officially underway and today we're lucky enough to be joined by one of the greats of the game, Nathan Buckley. He reveals who he thinks will win the Premiership this year and which team will be the Wooden Spooners. He also speaks about his Fox footy commentary career and, oh my God, I love this so much, he talks about the one player whose name he simply cannot pronounce. When I get to his surname, I keep getting his surname wrong. It's not even a hard name. That's what I don't understand. Uh, We're also going to talk to Bucks about the issue of gay players and get his thoughts on why no AFL player has come out of the closet so far. All right, we'll get underway in just a moment. From news.com.au, this is I've Got News For You. Kicks it straight to Lockyer, to Buckley, who unloads from Well, Nathan Buckley is a legend of the game and he's now got a new role with Fox Footy. He's joined the On The Couch program with Jonathan Brown and Gary Lyon and he joins me now to tell me all about it. Thanks for coming on I've Got News For You, Bucks. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, You've replaced Nick Rewalt on On The Couch. He's moved to the United States. Is that an upgrade for the show? Well, I don't know. It depends who you're asking me or Nick. I I watched the show last year and and loved the way that... um, that those three boys went about it. So I, I understand there's big shoes to fill. And our first show uh, recently leading into the season was was uh, exciting. I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the year ahead and analysing the game with, uh, with Gary and, and Brownie. Well, speaking of your co-host there, I want you to name one. Which one has a better footy brain out of those two? Well, you're putting me on the spot again. <laughs> Very good questions. I... Um, they said, see, they're both big key forward buff heads. So they're like, like it's, a, it's good that I can sort of represent a midfielder's view because, you know, we're the ones that, we're the brain centre of, uh, of a game plan of, of an organisation, of a team. But they, um, you know, Brownie uh, has obviously, he's got some medallions, the premiership medallions, and he sort of flaunts his, uh, his team success around a little bit and carries a little bit of gravitas with that. But um, but Gary Lyon is definitely the uh, he's definitely the, the king of uh, the pack and the leader of the pack. So um, and and as the host, he gets to cut us off and, and throw the brakes <laughs> if he feels like he's uh, he's not getting enough of uh, of his word in. So you're going to pick Gary there? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I have to go with Gaz because he's the one that's going to throw to me more often. Fair enough. Get my stuff in. Well, I'll make sure that Brownie gets this audio. All right, Bucks, you're no stranger to the media, obviously, but this is a weekly one-hour show that you've got to help carry now. Do you get nervous when the cameras are on? No, I don't. No, I think um, I think when you're well prepared at any in any endeavour, and when you love it enough, I think it's it's sort of more enjoyable than 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 anxious than brings anxiety. So. Mm. Uh, and, and and also um, enjoying the people that you're working with. So I think in in, in any work endeavour, if you if you like the people you're with and you like the content, you're in you're in the right place. And yeah. and I feel like and I, and I love the organisation. I think Fox is the culture of Fox and Fox Footy um, has been something that I've really enjoyed. And I like the feel, and I've really enjoyed sort of coming out of the inner sanctum of the football club and then into into the media side and 
um, and still part of a big team. Well, you made your debut as a Fox footy commentator last year. You're obviously impressed because you're back again this year in the commentary box. What's been the hardest part of that commentary gig to get your head around? Well, I think the the most difficult part is probably still you know, commentating on, on your old team and your old um, your old players. Yeah. They've still got really strong connections and friendships there and yeah, I, I got put on a, a, quite a few Collingwood games, as you would expect, because that's where the I suppose it's a little bit of interest in in what my views would be around, um, yeah, the club that I've been a part of for three decades and mm. and the group that are there at the moment. So that that that's it wasn't so much difficult, but I'm yeah really conscious of of giving the boys their space. And Craig McRae's been fantastic. But um, uh, anything that I do say about Collingwood is headlinable, yeah. and um, and I and I suppose I, you know, I've still got a job to do, I've got a responsibility to call it as I see it, without fear or favour, and and I'm finding that find that found that balance pretty well last year, and looking forward to continuing. Did you have any shockers in the commentary box last year? Is there a mistake that still haunts you? Well, one thing that's happening a little bit more often is is just not really getting the name out at times. <laughs> like, it's, it's a bit of, like, I don't know, it's a bit of capital A-L happening. It's a bit of not, not quite the recall at times, not being as sharp as I would have liked it to be. So there's one particular guy, I've got it like Luke Ryan, who's a gun. He goes he, over at Fremantle and he's uh, all-Australian player. One of the, I just keep, when I get to his surname, I keep getting his surname wrong. I just, so I just, I apologise to Luke, and I'm, I, I, now that it's front of mind, I, I won't ever get it wrong again. But it's, um, it's, yeah, you don't live it down when you make blues like that. How are you getting Ryan wrong? What are you calling him? I just, I just forget. It's there like I don't know. His, his name shouldn't be Ryan. It should be <laughs> Smith or something else. <laughs> We're gonna get that, that. That's how absurd it is. It's he's um he gets the ball thirty odd times a game, so it shouldn't be that hard. In just a moment, Bucks is going to reveal who he thinks will win the premiership this year and which team is going to finish on the bottom and walk away with that wooden spoon. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts. From news.com.au. This is I've Got News For You. Well, Geelong are, of course, the reigning premiers after beating Sydney by a whopping 81 points in last year's grand final. Cats fans, stand up to your full height and celebrate this champion team that has delivered you your 10th premiership. So, Bucks, the big question, who do you think is going to win it this year? Do you think the Cats are going to go back-to-back? Well, history tells us that the, 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 the top eight changes almost three times. So I think the average is 2.8. So between two and three teams drop out and two and three teams come in every year. But I don't think it's going to be much different. I think the top four is really clear. I, I go Geelong, Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney as a really clear top four teams. And I think there'll be a game, game and a half or two 
difference to Richmond, Bulldogs, Collingwood and Fremantle, who will make up the bottom four of the of the top eight. So I, they're my predictions and, and they're worth absolutely nothing when <laughs> um, when the when the game starts because in the end um, we generally we generally see a team sort of jump out of the box and, and really contend and, and become even a top four chance when um, they haven't been in the finals before and that's been a consistency as well. But I just think those top four sides are the ones to look for and, and it's pretty hard to go past Geelong and everyone's trying to catch them at the moment. All right, so Geelong for Premiers then. What about the Wooden Spoon? I think the North are just so far back mm-hmm. um, that it's really uh, even a, a Premiership guru like uh, Alistair Clarkson isn't going to be able to turn that around in 12 months, and nor is he expected to. But I expect to see them to be very competitive and to, and to play more con- a more consistent, recognisable brand of football and for their team to come together as the season progresses. but And they'll beat the two wins they had last year, but yeah, maybe four or five would still see you finishing at the bottom of the ladder, and I'd, and I'd expect that that would be my prediction. Uh, there was some big AFL news earlier this week with some past players launching a class action. More than 60 former players have joined forces to sue the AFL over life-altering concussions suffered during their careers. Sunrise supporter Tegan Doling is at AFL House this morning. Tegan, this could have huge implications. Firstly, how much could it cost the league? Eddie, the AFL may be forced to pay out millions and even up to a billion dollars in compensation. Do you think the rules of the game need to be changed in order to protect the players a little bit more? Well, I think the rules have been changed and I think the AFL have taken steps to, I suppose, to react and respond to the to new findings as we go along to the, the effects of concussion and concussive episodes uh, throughout a, you know, in, a, in an incident or throughout a player's career. And I, we are really learning on the fly um, with evidence that comes back around this um, from our own game and, and games abroad, in particular probably the NFL. So the protocols have changed. It used to be zero sort of consideration. It was left to the, each of the club doctors as to what would happen um, after a concussion during a game. And, and now it's a minimum of 12 days between that concussive episode and return to play. Mm. So there's and there's pro, and there's different stages you need to take in along the way. I, I think the AFL are being proactive with it. I think it's a really good conversation to have. the The question between personal choice and you know the fact that you put your hand up to play this game and you understand the risks versus um, how proactive um, and and how large the care of duty is by the AFL to protect the players from themselves in some shape or form. I think that conversation and and the, and the adjudication of, of um, a duty of care in those two spaces is, is a really important um, uh, aspect to consider and will, will help guide us going forward with protocols that need to be imposed. Do you still suffer from any serious head knocks that you cop during your playing days? No, I've I've been one of the one of the lucky ones. I mean, I've had I've had concussions, probably three or four, from junior days right through to the end. But um, some players put their head in a trough more than others. Um, some players, um, yeah, whether it's genetics or makeup, they're predisposed to concussive episodes, you know, at a lower threshold than others. Mm. So that's why it's it is it's a little bit difficult. Every individual is different. Um, 
and one significant head knock for one person, you know, could be, you know, could could have lasting effects. Whereas, you know, ten for another might not actually get them there. So, but but we we do need to consider long term welfare and long term health. And I believe the AFL have been fairly proactive in that, so that the conversation will continue. In just a moment, we're going to chat to Nathan Buckley about gay footballers and get his opinion on why no AFL player has come out yet. Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminole found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilin sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck to Parkley Prison. Listen to to I Catch Killers early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts. From news.com.au, this is I've Got News For You. Now, Bucks, a bit of a random topic for you now. A few of us in the office were discussing the topic of gay professional sportsmen the other day. Uh, Josh Cavallo, an A-League player, has already come out. Late last year, NBL star Isaac Humphreys also came out to his teammates. A few years ago, I fell into a very dark place, a very lonely place. I couldn't be who I am, and the main reason behind me becoming so low and, and being in that point is because I was very much struggling with my sexuality and coming to terms with the fact that I'm gay. I mean, statistically, there's got to be gay players in the AFL. Why do you think it is that no player has come out so far? Not sure. I mean, you, we, you would assume that there, are, that there would be gay players in the AFL, um, you know, based on you know, percentages and numbers, and I think we'd all common sense would tell you that. I don't, the question as to why is, is an individual preference. I, I think the environment um, in society, let alone in in the AFL um, landscape is definitely becoming, you know, more accepting and more understanding of, of difference full stop, um, let alone um, sexual orientation. Mm. So I, I think we're, we're moving towards it, but ultimately it is an individual choice about what you want to share and when um, and how. And, and part of that would be obviously a consideration of how you feel it would be received and what sort of support that you have around you. and But it, it's every person's right to um, to share or not share um, yeah. intimate aspects of their own reality and how they see themselves. And I, I think in good time, I'm, I don't think it's something that, that needs to be a real point of issue outside of people feeling like they can be themselves. Was it something that was ever discussed when you were coach? Like, do, do the players get briefed and say, hey, if there is anyone who, you know, wants to talk about this and, you know, we'll make sure it's an accepting environment for you? Yeah, I think not, not specifically in regards to any issues. I, I think the, what people would not understand as readily as people inside clubs do is, is how supportive it is and right. how, um, I suppose, how much... Uh, care and support is is um, available for for everyone in a you know in a club environment. I think people inside clubs understand how much pressure there is on on performance, how much expectation there is to reach a certain level. So I don't I don't think that anyone internally would 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 doubt that they're going to get support you know on any stance that they took or on sharing any information or intimate detail about their 
you know, about who they are. Well, Bucks, I look forward to seeing you on Fox footy throughout the year, particularly calling those Fremantle games and spitting out Luke Ryan. Thank you so much. Luke for Ryan, what a champion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you Ryan. so much for coming on. I've got news for you. Cheers, Andrew. You can catch Nathan Buckley on Fox Footies on the couch each Monday night and some exciting news for Foxtel customers before I go. This year, for the first time, every game of every round throughout the AFL season will be made available in 4K Ultra HD. How good is that? It'll be like being at the game without having to pay 10 bucks for a pie. All right, thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll chat to you again on Monday. The podcast Faith on Trial looks into Hillsong, both in Australia and the U.S., and takes both the listener and hosts on unexpected twists and turns in the story of Brian Houston and the singing preachers. There are two incidents involving Pastor Brian. The Australian journalists uncovered a litany of alleged criminal behavior in the megachurch. Financial gifts were being given to the leaders of the church. Listen to Faith on Trial Hillsong ad-free on Crimex Plus us on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.